Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. He's having his Eric Dyer moment. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't hear that. (laughs) Oh, but he will. But he will. Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Aestetka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. It's Spurs nil, Chelsea two in this one. And we've got a recap for you from Stamford Bridge where Tottenham lost today in disappointing fashion once again. Third time, not the charm, against Chelsea. I've got uh, Dakota alongside, Dakota J. Booth on Twitter. Dakota, what's going on, my friend? Um, You know, just the sky's falling and everything is awful. And, uh, you know, sell the club, just fold it. You know, today's yep. the worst day of all time is basically what what I think is going on. Quite, quite the come down from midweek against Leicester, uh, which you know all the good feelings and all the all the good juju is uh, right out the door after this one. Uh, we've also got Scott on hand. He's at DSM Spurs. Scott, how are you, sir? Just like Dakota, man. I've I've had it. We got a back Conte. We would have won ten to zero had we back Conte today. Yep. Not to burn my jersey. Fuck this club, man. Back Conte. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm just kidding, boys and girls. Sorry. Breaking that old hat. But I will say it's whatever. Today was fucking Chelsea away. No one expected anything. We didn't get anything. Come on, you fucking Spurs. Good to see you all. Let's rip into this. We're going to. I was also, I was also being sarcastic if that wasn't completely <laughs> obvious. Yeah, yeah. I think sarcasm is the name of the game today. <laughs> Me and Dakota Scott's, have been big Enoch out guys for years. Very, Scott's, very big Enoch out guys. Scott's Scott's much better half is also sitting in with us. Cat is at Africa Spurs on Twitter. Cat, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. I was like, why are you? What is up with you guys trying to bring this bad energy? Like, this loss <laughs> does, does not mean anything. It's one of those like whatever. It happens every season. We've done this before. Like. Just chill out. Happy <laughs> sure. Chelsea. They have our numbers. We go move on from this. Whatever. I, I like I like hashtag chill out for today. That's a that's a good that's a good <laughs> mantra as well. Uh, Caroline Stefko is also with us at CG Stefko. Caroline, how are you? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> it's been a <laughs> it's been a rough sports weekend for me, but you know. Anytime we play Chelsea, I mean, like they've said, it's it's usually not going to end up going well. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. I know we're all kind of smarting from having such a, what is it, 8-0 aggregate score against them this season. So <laughs> it's just ugly. Wow, you really, you, really had, <laughs> you really had to go there with the 8-0 aggregate right off the bat, didn't you? Yeah, that sorry. Is, bringing is, the mood down. It is true, though. Uh Let's folks, let's jump into this one from kind of where we normally start, but but this is going to be a little bit of a longer piece of this today, and that's the lineup because this was a change of formation for Spurs today. Uh, they went to a 4 4 2, and for, from everything I've, I've read, this is the first time that Antonio Conte has started in a back four in the Premier League since September of 2016 when his side lost 3 0 to Arsenal. Uh, they switched back to a back three at halftime, but this was a weird one, but also one that I'm going to kind of defend. Um, Tanganga at right back. Dyer makes his return to the lineup alongside Sanchez at center back. Dave is on the left. And then Sessignon and Doherty pushed up 
uh, in kind of that midfield along with Hoybier and Winks, Kane and Bergvine up top. Now, Lucas, uh, Skip missing from the starting 11 today. Uh, Lucas would come on later, but uh, guys like that missing. <laughs> Dakota, what did you make of the 4-4-2 to start? We were kind of, everyone was debating before this match and, you know, NBC over here in the United States, their coverage, they had it all wrong. Um, I know that Sky was Sky was toying with it over in the UK as to what exactly that formation was going to be, but we saw four four two. What did you make of it? Uh, I I think it was a good move based on our our personnel, um, but you know who was fit. Uh, we we heard Antonio Conte say that Emerson Royale picked up a knock uh, that he started the game with uh, against Leicester, and that's why he came off at halftime. And him not starting today basically said he's not fit. Um, we've seen Matt Doherty try to play as a true right back before. And I very much thank Antonio Conte for not making us watch that again. Um, so I, I think all in all, it kind of made sense for what Conte had available to him today. Uh, I think it's, I think it's very obvious that, you know, and we'll talk about the situation with our midfielders a little bit later, but Conte feels like he has three midfielders and their names are Harry Winks. Pierre-Emile Hoybier and Oliver Skip. The others don't exist to him. And so that, I think, definitely played uh, a role into to what we saw today. Um, and then Steven Bergvine being rewarded for his perform performance against Leicester uh, with getting started uh, next to his strike partner in Harry Kane. So I definitely think it, it made sense. Um, and it just re kind of reinforces what Conte has been saying and you know, what we're going to see very soon. And that's, we just need some more bodies in this squad. Um, we had Harvey white on the bench today. I think that tells us exactly where Antonio Conte feels this squad is at and who is actually available uh, for playing on match days. Yeah. An interesting choice there too, for, for that bench. But um, I don't know this, this four, four, two to me, Scott, it felt, it felt different. It felt like a change, but it, it also felt like when you're facing a team for the third time in a month, do something a little different. See if you can't mix it up. And and in that first half, I don't know. I thought Spurs played pretty damn well. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't hate, hate, hate what was very obviously us going for a point. I don't hate that at all. I think it would have been a very shrewd point. Had we gotten it against a much better side away at a time where we have games in hand and a point, against a direct rival for second place, in my opinion, at this point. Um, every reason to go go and try to get a point, right? We very well could have, too. We did it. That's soccer. It's really just what it is. Like, that ZH goal, it's like my pro clubs is nothing like, like professional Premier League soccer, right? But the same point stands. Like, if I'm playing pro clubs and we give up a banger, you give up a banger. Like everybody was in position. Nobody was drug out. Nobody, nobody stepped in correctly. Like you just got hit with a banger. Now my only gripe is that Sessegnon hesitated momentarily, but I don't even like, I'm not picking him out. Like literally a quarter of a second of hesitation in Premier League soccer fucks you over as we saw. Right. But still a banger. It is what it is. So we, I think we did the, we, we approached this game correctly and, and, and we did the right things. We just didn't get the result. And I think, where I maybe would just plug or poke one hole in the lineup is that right mid with Doherty, right? But I also don't think Conte really had much of a choice with what he was trying to do. And I think, you know, case in point, the, the window and that conversation, right? But I think I said on the last couple of shows at some point, the only way we're going to beat them is to be really like almost like recklessly brave down the flanks and give Kane some space. And that's how we actually scored. They just called it back, right? Sessegnon being brave down the flanks and almost being a little bit reckless opened up that space for Kane to just – Kane is a much better one-on-one -on -one soccer player than Thiago Silva, right? Um, it was just a poor call. Um, but the tactics did exactly what they were to do, which was open up that space in the middle for Kane. So I think if I could poke one hole in it, it's just that we didn't have enough of an attacking – presence down the right side i get why you don't play emerson there because i don't think he offers the the the, the final delivery that a doherty does right and i think doherty with the defender behind them doesn't makes a lot of sense actually but it would have been nice to have a triori today on the right flank i assure you of that right instead of a matt doherty 
All right, I'm going to I'm going to eye roll my way into, you know, just ignoring that last comment and I'm going to move on to to ask Caroline about her opinion of the of the formation and the lineup and the change that we saw today from Antonio Conte. Yeah, I think similarly, I don't really have too many qualms with the lineup that Conte chose or the formation. I think his choices were kind of, you know, limited based on who we had available, the fact that we have three midfielders who are basically um, being excommunicated from the club, it would appear. That's unfortunate because um, we're, you know, one midfield injury away from just collapsing in that area of the pitch. But I, I didn't hate the lineup today. I thought it particularly suited Bergvine too. He had a really good game um, and was unlucky not to get something out of it, I thought. Um, and also speaking to the, you know, lack of joy on the right flank, that would be maybe one place where perhaps we could have tried to play Lucas instead of Doherty. Um, I, one thing I like about Lucas is that he tends to play with a lot of freedom. So I just would have liked to see him sort of take advantage of that space that they were giving us on that side. But then again, if Lucas had been the one playing, maybe they would have been uh, locking that area down a little more. Even Brian, Brian Heal. Yes, probably could have come on and, and started in that role. Um, you know, we did we did see a formation shift when he came on. There had been a couple of subs prior to him, but when he came on, we went to a four two three one with him playing that right winger role. And so I don't know. Uh, there, I think there are definitely some other options, but again, no qualms with what what Conte did today. I think he did what he had to do to get through this last game before an international break to get all of our guys healthy and uh, prepare for a run towards the, you know, the top four, uh, top two, whatever uh, after the, after this international break. It's, you know, it's interesting. Caroline mentions the, the midfielders that are being excommunicated or whatever the hell is going on with them. And I, I sit here and am just grateful that I know that they're all alive because they're all very active on social media at this point. Like we, we saw plenty of that uh, at the very least between LaCelso on Instagram, Deli Alley on TikTok. Um, do, do we want to, do we want to get into that really quick so we can get that conversation out of the way? Like I, we talked a little bit about LaCelso before we started recording and, and how, I don't know, he's fit. We, we know he's fit. Um, I guess, Dakota, you had mentioned that with Bergvine kind of coming back into the fold, it feels like Lacelso is now being pushed back out onto the into the shop window, if you will. Um, with Delhi, who the hell knows? I mean, Delhi's posting weird TikToks comparing himself to a to a groundhog or a beaver or something during this game. I, I don't know what the fuck's going on with him, but it seems like he might be on his way to Newcastle. I I don't know, man. Like, who wants to chime in on these midfielders and the, the excess? I, 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 we know that Tangi and Dombele is is you know maybe he is the one that is truly just gone off into the into the sunset because I didn't see him posting anything on social media. But th- th- there's certainly something going on in this club where you know changes are being made within this midfield. Well, to me, it feels like Lacelso and Deli are both burning their bridges with Conte. I don't feel like we can interpret their social media posts any other way. Um, And to be fair, like Conte right back at them has made it clear that they're not in his plans by leaving them out of the uh, squad for such an important game. You know, like you said, bringing in Harvey white, that's a big statement. So, I mean, we have to get something done in the transfer window. Like, I don't think that can be argued at this point. So if that means we need to let a few players go who don't fit into Conte's plans and don't seem to want to fit into those plans, then that's just how it is. Caroline, are you bothered that they haven't gotten anything down done in the window yet with, with now eight, seven, eight days remaining? Or is, is that something that's, you know, got you chapped like it has everyone else in Spurs land chapped? Well, it does. I think I had told you all before that my sort of ideal deadline for at least making one move was going to be the 20th so we're here on the 23rd we're rapidly running out of time and you can tell from Conte's post-game comments that he's feeling the pressure or at least he wants to convey that pressure to the board Um, and I feel like if the board has any sense they will have looked at today's game and the squad that we were able to put up for this game 
and understand exactly what he's saying, which is that we have areas of the pitch where we just don't have the depth. And it's not just a matter of even like bodies on the pitch or bodies on the bench. It's the quality. Um, there, there is a big gulf between us and teams like Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. And, you know, I'm, I'm always of the opinion that I'm going to get behind any player that the team brings in. So maybe Adama Traore is not my first choice, but if that's a realistic target that we can get in and Conte feels like he can contribute, then okay, let's get it done and get him integrated as soon as we can. Yeah, to, to your point, Conte, after the match, his kind of the key quote that stands out to me like a sore thumb was, uh, in this moment, it's very difficult to face this type of squad. He's referring, obviously, to Chelsea. Uh, not team because they don't have 11 players. They have 22 or 23 players of an important level. The attitude and effort though of my players, I was pleased with and I'm proud of them. That's the quote to me that sticks out like a sore thumb. And when you reference this mid, this midfield, I guess you call it a conundrum because as you reference Dakota, Conte seems to have three midfielders that he trusts right now in skip Hoybier and winks. And otherwise it's these guys that are alienating themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, another kind of quote that was, I think, in that same kind of run of answering and questions was that we're in a project right now. And to get to the level of Chelsea isn't doesn't happen quickly. It takes years yeah. is what he said. And he, I think, has with his words and his actions shown that he is committed to being here for that long as long as the club is committed to getting to that level. So I think it's a huge opportunity for Spurs to, uh, we always come back to this Mauricio Pochettino quote, but I think it, it just fits so well. The Spurs have a real, yes, Spurs have a real opportunity to make the furniture match the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's time, it's time to pony it up. And, you know, apparently Adama Traore is going to have his medical at Spurs tomorrow. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, reports are coming out that Franck Cassier has agreed, or AC Milan has agreed to a 15 million uh, fee for Franck Cassier now, but his agent wants to hold out till the summer to get more money. So we'll see how that goes. I also am, you know, maybe this is my just optimistic self, but, you know, Take some of my joy, if you will, if you're feeling down. I think that there are plenty of other deals that are being talked about uh, that we just don't have the information for. Uh, I think that's the way that Paratici moves. I think that's the way that that he operates. We saw in the summer we had like three and three announcements within like ten days of each other. Yeah, and so wouldn't be surprising to me if that if something like that is happening behind the scenes and we just don't have the information for that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of like Caroline, if Conte wants the people, I'm going to trust Antonio Conte because he is, a, a, you know, a lot better of a soccer mind than I, than I am. And if he just wants a warm body to throw on into the midfield or throw on at 70 minutes to run at tired legs, let's do it. Let's, let's chase this top four and then go get the actual targets in the summer with champions league money. Also really important though, for you, for, as you point out, it's time to, to pony up and time to, to get the furniture, but also really important to me, at least in my eyes, that th that's not all going to be done in the next seven, to eight days. It's going to take the summer for window sure. and probably, yeah. And probably the ne next January and, and next summer's window, in addition to doing something, something in the next seven, to eight uh, uh, days before the January window closes. Scott, for you, is it is it more important, and now that we're kind of just, we've moved off the game already, and we'll get back to the game, trust me, but we're having more of this kind of big picture talk. Is it more important for you right now in the next seven or eight days, um, because let's remind people, Spurs aren't playing another game before this window closes. Um, they come back February 5th for an FA Cup battle, uh, and the January window will have obviously closed by then, but is it more important for you in the next week for outgoings or for, for, for incomings for Spurs? I mean, incomings for sure, but I think outgoings feed into those incomings. So both. <laughs> what a, what a, what a um, cop-out answer. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, honestly, though, 
incomings for sure, right? But I just don't think you have one without the other at this point. Um, but honestly, here's how I've always here's how I'm always going to be with transfers, and it's super like annoying and not fun. But like, it ain't my money, it ain't my team, it ain't my scouting department. Like, sure, we'll see what happens. I don't know, right? Um, but if Conte wants whoever, then I'm fine with that. And like, I see things on Twitter, like. I just don't understand why why we would be going for this person. Antonio Conte wants them. Like, I I just I don't I don't know what else to say. Like, you know, none of you are Antonio Conte. I don't mean you three, right? But speaking into I'm, the board, I'm, I'm not him. Right? I'm not. I, I my my suits are not tailored that well. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So my, and I do not have the hair of that man. So I definitely um, don't have the hair. <laughs> uh, uh, but no. So you know, but I'll come. Outgoings lead to the incomings. The incomings are really important. Um, clearly, we got to get a center mid, and clearly, we got to get somebody on the right flank. I think that's even more important than a center back at this point. Um, there's also a lot to be said for the fact that, like, we could very well be very close on two or three transfers and didn't want to, like, announce them in the middle of a, a run of really challenging games. And now we have nothing for two weeks. Like, we probably announce people tomorrow, right? Um, just avoid the hoopla until after the Chelsea game is probably part of this too. So um, yeah, I don't know, whatever. We'll see what happens. We're probably going to get top four. We're not going to win the league. We're probably not going to get a trophy. We'll see who we sign. Um, Come on, you fucking Spurs. Well, I think that what Scott said is absolutely right about the transfers in and out being intertwined because we've been talking about these three midfielders that are on the outs. And if we were to let every one of them go, in this, you know, January window, we would not have a single true attacking midfielder left in the squad, except for, I guess, Harvey White. I don't even know. I don't watch him in the youth game. So <laughs> he's but a defensive think... midfielder and a okay. Left there back. you go. So. Yeah. So yeah. exactly. So we're we're in a pickle. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. I think that getting it's it's funny. You say let them go. Like it's and and this is not or force I, I them out. Well, I agree with what you're saying, Caroline, but it's like, you can let them go, but and I always say this, it takes two to tango. You Like, you have to find someone to take them. Like, you can excommunicate them all you want, and you can say, get, you know, go go hang out on TikTok. Just don't come around, you know, the, the, the club anymore. Um, but if you want to sell them and make something off of them, or, or even if you're just going to let them walk, um, you know, you have to find someone to take them. And whether that's Newcastle for Delhi or you know, God, somebody in, you know, I don't know, Spain or Portugal for, for geo or whether it's another team, another team in England. I, I don't know what the answers are, but you know, maybe PSG do come knocking for a guy like T- Tongi and Dombele in the next week. I don't know, but you have to, it takes, it, as I always say with transfers, it takes two to tango. And that's why to me, I get that the incomings are important and people want new players. They want fresh players. To me, it still remains. The outgoings are so important for this squad because they have yet to, they started to trim the fat in the summer. You know, they got rid of players like Eric Lamella and Musa Sissoko, um, but they need to trim more of that fat in order to, to build, you know, you trim fat and you build muscle. You know, that's how you, I, I know I'm saying this and anybody who's seen me wouldn't, wouldn't really guess that that's like, you know, that I have any knowledge of it, but I, I know how to do it. I just haven't put it in practice. Like that's how you build. That's how you, that's how you do things. You, you've got to trim the fat and then build the muscle. Um, you know who, and that's, and that's you know the way knows, the squad should go. You know who knows exactly what you're talking about, Andrew? Adama Traore. Uh, <laughs> but listen, you, I think you bring you bring up a really good point, and this is something I don't think people really take into consideration when thinking about the transfer window or incomings versus outgoings or we need to sell before we can buy. Those three midfielders that we're talking about, is pre- it's like – between 300 and 350,000 pounds a week in wages. Sure. Like you're just going to pay those guys to sit on the bench or sit at home. They're not even coming to the bench and like go train on their own, their own pitch during training because they're not training with the team. Like that people have a, a serious issue with Enoch and Daniel Levy running Tottenham Hotspur like a business. And sometimes that's a really good thing that they run it like a business because well, that's what it is. It is a business. Yeah. Because if you're throwing away, you know, nearly a million and a half pounds every single month on players who aren't playing, that is 
not a good. terrible business decision. Yeah. And that will that will sink your club no matter how much money you you have. So there's a lot more that goes into these things that I think us as fans just don't think about when when we start to complain about the the transfer window, but they're very real things that matter for the long long-term health of this club. And uh you know, luckily we've got arguably the greatest owner in in the world, greatest chairman running the club in the world with the way that he's built this thing and where we are potentially headed. But, you know, I, I've been a a huge Enoch defender and Daniel Levy defender. And, but it is time, it's time to pony up at some point. You have to take a loss on revenue to ensure that you can keep it up for the long term. It should have happened a couple of years ago. And now with Antonio Conte in charge is the, the moment if there ever has been to make sure that that happens. Yeah, you've got to be able to ensure the balance between running your football club like a business and running your football club like a football club. And for years, they've run this thing like a business rather than a football club. Some of that balance, I feel like, has to come back a little bit and, and has to be invested on the pitch. And, and you know, we'll see... We'll see how much of that investment and how much of that turnover comes in the next, you know, week. I think one thing too we got to say on the on the incomings versus outgoings is some of these outgoings are more than just making room or trimming the fat or driving revenue. Like after his social media shit today, like a guy like Dell, you just got to get away from the club. Like it's not, it's like they got to they got to be gone. And like I was a Delhi fan at one point, still think. I'm a fan of Delhi as a person, right? But like that shit I saw today on social media, just stop, dude. Like if I'm the captain of this team, I text him like, just shut the fuck up, put your social media down, dude. Like, stop. You're hurting the club, you know, like just stop. And that's the type of guy we need out of the club like quickly. So it's not even about revenue or making room. Like it's a mentality thing. And if I'm Conte, Tongi walking off the pitch, I would have told the chairman, I want that guy as far away from this club as quickly as humanly possible now, you know, like those are the types of things that need to happen quickly or we're just going to be in this rut of dissenters, man. That Like if we're not all hands on deck, it's going to show at some point. I well, hope Harry Kane does do that. Send that text message. You should, man. Like shut the <laughs> fuck up, buddy. How hard is it to just honestly, and I know this isn't the way of the world, but like, Say something like, you know, I know things haven't worked out. I've given it my all. I'm not in the manager's plans. Like, and I really want to revive my career. And I thank the fans for everything we've had together. Like, just say something like that. It's not fucking hard. And I like at some point, these professional athletes have gotten very childish and just started kind of acting like teenagers, man. And um, it's something like I wouldn't tolerate from my employees, but we tolerate it from guys that are professional footballers at the club that we all like give our lives to in some sense, right? So, that's I don't know whatever they need to go is all I'm saying sorry well I do think that I've been pretty pleased with how Conte has been handling this situation because I I do think that he's making clear to the players like Deli and Lacelso and Ndombele that he he's prioritizing the players that are playing for him and you'll notice that in all of in all of his recent um, post-match interviews he's had nothing but praise for the effort level of the people who have been on the pitch. And I think it's going to get to the point if it hasn't already, where these players who are on the outs are going to realize I need to get out of here for my own good. Um, Because, you know, Conte is making it clear professionally that, you know, they are running out of chances if they haven't already. And I'm actually surprised that a player like Delhi hasn't realized that yet, or maybe he has and just hasn't found the right opportunity to leave. But, you know, the fact that he, hasn't gotten out and hasn't quite realized that this is this it's going to be better for him to go elsewhere at this point in his career is is a little surprising to me um at, at least at this point well Guys, I-, I think can i just say i think that with delhi he might have a little more sentimental attitude towards it than Lacelso sure. and Ndombele do because he this is the club where he got his big break really of course and you know had his breakout season and He's such close friends with all of the players. So I understand it from his perspective, like being frustrated with how things have turned out. But I do think at some point, as in right now, <laughs> he needs to realize that time is up, you know, yeah, for his own good. It certainly does feel that way. 
It really does. All right, let's jump back into this game, guys, because I, I mentioned it earlier. I thought Spurs played a really good first half, and that all kind of culminated in Harry Kane scoring a goal <laughs> right before halftime, and and then it gets wiped off the board. And I'm just like, what is happening? And Thiago Silva dove, and it was a soft foul call, and I don't care what you want to say. Like, it was, it was certainly frustrating, but it also is just like kind of one of those things that happens. And I don't know, Dakota, to me, it's like, that's one of those moments where we talked about the mentality of this club in the past. And it's like having to battle through those moments of adversity where things don't go your way. And Spurs just kind of didn't do it. And they came out in the second half and gave up a quick goal. And then another one moments later. And it was just like, that's a wrap. This is how it goes at Stanford bridge. Right. Um, Kind of. I, I think we were really worth worth our value in the first half. And I think we really deserved that goal. Uh, yeah, and it's, I agree for, a, and you know, Antonio Conte mentioned this, but for a, of a, you know, in air quotes, inverted commas foul like that in the premier league to cause a goal to get wiped off the board is just ridiculous. Yes. Um, you know, regardless of where Spurs podcast has happened to Spurs, we're going to complain about it regardless of who it happens to it's ridiculous um so i kind of wonder if that deflated um the team a little bit and then you know i thought right after halftime we came out and we kind of had this energy about us that we've had right after halftime the last few games and then hakim ziek with his magic left foot just absolute postage stamp coming from above you know kind of kind of similar to the Erickson goal that was, he scored against Chelsea a few years ago. Um, it, one of those type of goals. And, you know, again, arguing a little bit against the run of play because they hadn't really had a good chance for, for quite a while. And then that shot goes in and, and then, yeah, I think the second goal kind of, I think the 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 attitude was okay. Let's slow down a little bit and see if we can nick one, and then try to go for a second if that happens. But and interesting, interestingly enough, Chelsea's xG was higher in the first half than the second half. So um, I think that kind of speaks to how we use that, utilize that four four two to soak up that pressure and try to hit on the counter. Um, and it it worked, and we scored a goal and got wiped off and I think it was definitely a deflating moment, but, and I think this is part of what Antonio Conte wants and it is for things like that to happen and for the team to bounce back a little bit better than they did today. I think, I think they've done a really good job of it over the last few weeks and today was just a little bit different. So maybe there's some sort of mental block with, with it being Chelsea, but please just get over that because <laughs> There's there's no reason for that to happen, um, and I think it, it's going to take a game where I think had we nicked a draw today, some of those demons maybe been put to bed. Um, but this might continue for for a little bit until there is a a good amount of squad turnover where they can walk into Stamford Bridge and say, "We don't know who these people are. We don't know about the history of this." fixture right. but we know that we're supposed to hate these guys and let's go out there and kick their ass to to your point about the xg i think i think i saw the the zh goal had only like a 0. 0.03 xg on it um yeah it was wild which is just i mean that's insane and and it, it's funny a lot of people including myself at first were were wondering okay why isn't why isn't hugo even making an effort on that but when you see that kind of ball looping you just think there's no chance and then it just curls into the small little postage stamp in the top corner and you think okay well that's that's a goal that's that um i, I don't know scott wh what was your your thought on i guess just the way that the first half went versus you know the and then the cane disallow goal to where like i said it, it it's not it wasn't a carbon copy of what we've seen from spurs in the past with something going wrong and then the mentality just shrinking i thought spurs still kept playing in the game and the effort was there it's just you know this is fucking chelsea at stanford bridge and that's just the way it goes sometimes right 
Hundred percent. I mean, I said right at right at full time in the in the in the pod chat. When when you need everything to go right to get a point, you probably don't get a point, right? Like that's just kind of how she goes, and that's what we saw today. And I think ultimately, this is just the situation that we were in, not only as Spurs fans but as football fans in general, right? And I'll just go on a little bit of a rant here, but I swear it has a purpose. I think. Look at Chelsea's squad. Look at Conte's comments about 22, 23 guys that could start for most Premier League clubs. We have like 10 guys that could start for a Premier League club. Like we don't even have a full 11, right? Um, sorry, Matt Doherty. I love you to death, bud. But, uh, but, but no, I mean, all jokes aside, I, I will say Doherty credit to him. He's earning the manager's trust in some regards. We're seeing that he's playing, right? So all credit to Matt Doherty, but we're just a little short as far as strength goes. Now, Chelsea have an, have an oil baron who does not answer to stakeholders. We answer to stakeholders the way that we drive our revenue, right? I think so. I'm basing a lot of my argument on that. So I really hope that we do answer to stakeholders, right? But there's stock in, in the group that owns our club, right? We can't just inject cash. So for everybody that screams Enoch out, there is no other way for us to even remotely become competitive than the way we're operating and today is evident that we have to do that. Like, it's going to take time. It's going to be painful. It's not going to happen overnight. But if we don't want to get purchased by a state department that has human rights atrocities till the cows come home, or if we don't want to be owned by an oil baron or Amazon and Jeff Bezos or whatever it is, then this is what we fucking have to do. And today is case in point. We're just not good enough. So if you feel strongly that we're not good enough, then you either need to stop saying Enoch out or you need to ask Jeff Bezos to purchase us. And I don't I live here in Seattle and I have no fucking clue how to even remotely begin to do that. Right. So best of luck. Point is, like, th- we're doing what we have to do. And today is evident that we need to do that. Right. Because we are just not good enough to compete with Chelsea. And shit, we could have gotten a point at the bridge. And that's probably because Antonio Conte is our manager. Right. So it could be a lot worse. Um, and here we are, uh, and I'll end it at that, but, but I really don't know how else to, to wrap up what I saw today. It was just standard, what we should have expected to see based on the situation that we're in and anything like a, like three points today would have been a fucking miracle that we run and sing about for years. Right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. I, I feel like you should just be able to walk over to Jeff Bezos's house and knock on his knock on his door. And for God's sakes, but I'll take my shirt off and I'll just be like, I, I don't know if you saw the game today, Jeff Bezos, but we we need you, man. We just, need you. All just right? ask him. Just 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 a polite just a polite ask. Can um, you just buy Triore, please? It will at least help me with on Twitter at the very least. Just get him. Just buy Triore. Look, so somewhere in that rant you brought up that there are, um, you know, there's there's not even eleven players on this team right now that are that fully have the confidence. I, I'd like to pick out the one that I think we're all, the one player that's a real mystery to me that I have no idea, and and I'm I, I just don't know where it's going to go from here is is Jaffa Tanganga. Um, I, the rest of them you mentioned Matt Doherty. I, I agree with you on him. I think he's earning a little bit of trust and at least earning himself a, a squad place, if not a starting place on that right side. Um, as long as it's on the right side, not the left side, but Caroline, what, do you, what, what the hell do we do with Jaffa Tanganga at this point? Like what's what, what is the future hold for this guy? I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> It's it's a sad situation because I think he's a player who really does have an affinity for the club, which is something that you can't buy, you know. But like like Delhi, right? Well, yeah, we thought that that was a, an advantage from him, but it's turning out not to be. So I guess I'm contradicting myself there. <laughs> well, no, I, I was but, I was trying to further your point. Like it is yeah. it is awkward a little bit with some. It, of these yeah, guys it just makes are, it makes you know, it tough. It's the same situation that the club had with Harry Winks back in the. Mourinho yes. and Nuno days, and now all yes. of a sudden Winks has come good. The Winks Assance, if you will. But yes. with Jeff Sanganga, it's not it doesn't well, seem to be meshing. It doesn't seem to be working. And you know, for that reason, you hate to be too harsh on him. But the fact is that if you look back at our most recent goal concessions, almost invariably he's involved somehow. So I I do think we're getting to a point where 
maybe we're not ready to cut ties with him yet. Like we're feeling with Delhi. Maybe he goes out on a loan. Um, and it's kind of starting to seem like maybe we made the wrong choice, not letting him go to that Turkish team whose name I can't pronounce Galatasaray. I don't know. Um, that wanted him in the summer. That might've been a good option. Although then again, we've had such a injury crunch with our center backs with Romero and then Dyer. So I don't, it's that kind of thing. Like we just don't have enough depth. So that kind of makes us reluctant to let people go when really it would be best for their development in the long run. Yeah. And that's the thing for me with, with, with Tangaga, he's still young enough that you feel like there is some room for development, but he has not, he hasn't gotten a consistent run of time to play in the premier league. And when you see that any kind of run of that time, it doesn't look good enough for the premier league. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. Yeah. And I do think he hasn't been helped with the fact that he has played in different positions, you know, all of them within the defense, but he's kind of, he's played on every side. He's played in the middle. Like it's, it's kind of hard to know what really is his best position. I'm not sure if, you know, any of the managers that, he's been under have quite figured that out yet. Dakota, where do we go with Jaffa Tanganga from here? Uh, hopefully AC Milan, <laughs> because I, I think I, I genuinely think even if it's a loan deal, I genuinely think a chain of scenery would, would do him some, some good. Um, yeah. He's just not been, not been good enough. <laughs> feel like he's played a part in almost every goal that we've conceded every time he's been on the pitch this year, which is just not acceptable at the level that we are at or want to get to. So maybe he's good squad depth for cup games, but I think if we're going to be a serious competitor, um, we need to get someone who's going to be challenging Cudi Romero and Eric Dyer for these center back spots and we've only got three center backs or I guess you could argue four with Davinson Sanchez. He's been playing really, really good, but four acceptable center backs when you're playing a, a back three is not enough, especially when one of them has been injured for two months. Scott, do you have a rant for me on Jaffa Tanganga as well? Or, or, or are we just, um, you know, are we just kind of in no man's land with this guy right now? Not, not as much of a rant, but I think, I think, Honestly, with Tanganga, it's it's somewhat negative, but I do I do think it's it's what it is. I think it's just the case where you we romanticize the homegrown, the one of our own bit a little bit, and I just don't know if he's as good as we all want him to be. And I think he's good enough to play in the Premier League for the rest of his career, like without question. But I don't know if he's winning the Premier League quality center back that we need, right? And so I just kind of think that's where we're at. So I'd love to see him go to Milan, kick on get a move back, maybe even play a little bit for a while at Spurs. But I think ultimately he ends up, you know, at a mid-table team and does really well there and has a good career there. But I just kind of think that's the level he's at. Um, but again, it's hard. It's really hard to move on from one of our own like that, right? Um, so I kind of think that's where we're at. But, but you know, he can be a squad guy if he's okay with that. I think he can be on our bench for the next five years if he wants to do that too, and that's okay. But we certainly need to get a center back in um, to, to, like, Dakota just nailed on the head, right? Compete with with Dyer and Romero and Ben Davies because I think I think in a perfect world that's your back three, and I think that's a pretty pretty astute back three, if I'm honest, man. And so I really think we're going to have to bring somebody in to push those three, right? Because if we, as we saw in the pot years towards the end of it, you don't bring people in to push the, the starting eleven, you find yourself in a pretty precarious position that we found ourselves in over the last two years, right? Um, so I don't know. And and then like, it's weird to maybe shit. Now I'm ranting, but if you look at, if you look at Tanganga, you can almost compare him to a Winks in a sense, right? I think Winks is a little more talented, but I do think they're both kind of one of those, like could be just a romanticized homegrown, one of our own situations could kick on. But I think where, where Winks had, had what Tanganga did, it was, was Potch, you know, with his arms around him, because I think Potch is one of those, last guys on the planet who will who will take somebody who's 70 percent of the way there and push them to 85 or 90 percent of the way there right as opposed to just a Conte who I love Conte but he'll just move on and get somebody in who's at 90 percent right um and that's where I think you saw Winks do what we want everybody else to do at this club right and maybe even a Harry Kane you know there, there's more to that I think than Potts with Kane but 
Winks is a great example of what somebody like a Poch can do for, for somebody that you bring up through the ranks. But I kind of say that all, all to say that it's really rare that somebody comes up through the ranks and ends up, you know, a banger in the starting 11. It's just not going to be Tanganga for me. So it, it feels almost like a Kyle Walker Peters situation. Like he's, you know, he could, he could go to a, a Southampton or a, you know, I don't know, a Burnley or, 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 or some other team and kick on and have a really good Premier League career, but I'm not hundred percent sure it's going to happen at Spurs. And that feels unfortunate and it feels, but it just, it also feels as if the difference there is that it doesn't seem like he wants to go anywhere. Like he had, it sounded like he had the opportunity for the loan move in the summer, didn't want to take it. It feels like he could leave now at any time and, and Spurs would gladly let him go but it doesn't feel like he wants to leave, which is, I, well, I'm not saying and, it's strange, but why wouldn't he? And I think that kind of, kind of ties into to the bigger piece of this is I think, and this is very unfortunate without question, but the footballing world that we live in, if you want to be a top club and win premier league titles and win champions league titles, you have to give zero fucks about moving on from one of your own. Like you have to, you cannot have sentiment to, to those guys that come up through your ranks because they're going to be gone every single time. I mean, you certainly don't see Chelsea fans like boo-hooing when, when they move guys on, right? Um, they know what they want and they know what it takes to get there. And again, it's unfortunate, but if we, if we want to win Premier League titles, we can't be upset when Tanganga moves on, right? No, I, I, I totally agree. I, for me, it's not, I don't, I don't know that there's any Spurs fans at this point that, or even Spurs themselves that would be, completely brokenhearted for me it's on him that it does he want to go anywhere or is he just stuck in this no i'm i'm a i'm a spurs player and i want to stay in london and want to you know move my way up in this and and maybe doesn't i don't know if it's that he doesn't realize or doesn't feel that he needs to move away in order to to get more consistent playing time and and develop himself better but i don't know it's an interesting situation that we'll have to to kind of keep an eye on um and that, that's especially the case if he's going to be um, playing regularly and getting kind of, you know, pantsed by Kalamazunodoy like he did, like he was today. I mean, it was not, it was not pretty um, in this match for him. He picked up the yellow and was very hesitant and kind of, kind of was not responsible for the, for the Ziyech goal, but like kind of was, was the start of all of that and wasn't able to shut things down, um, you know, leading up to that first goal. So it'll be an interesting situation. I don't know guys, there's a, there's a there's a week left, a little over a week left in this window. Um and you know, I mentioned earlier Spurs haven't done anything. I don't think that we're really that chapped about it. There's been no ingoing, no outgoing players. I, I think that we're all expecting more to happen. The one thing that has happened thus far for Spurs, which is not a transfer of any kind, but uh the goalkeeper and the captain, Hugo Lloris, signed to a new 2-year contract. Big deal. Um, I think it's a big deal. You guys can tell me otherwise if you if you feel that way. Dakota, big deal, little deal, no deal. What do, I mean, I think this is a really important thing. Yeah, I think it's a huge deal. Um, especially since we weren't even linked with any goalkeepers this window. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because if you go into uh, you go into the summer with you know Alfie Whiteman and Brandon Austin as your first team goalkeepers. Um, that's a problem. Uh, yeah. You're going to end up massively overpaying for a goalkeeper. So uh, it gives us time to, to pick out his, his replacement. Um, hopefully someone else who's going to be here for 10 years. Um, and like Hugo said in his interview, it, it gives him time uh, and the club time to figure out who else is going to captain this club for, for the next 10 years, uh, which I think is, a pretty telling uh telling comment maybe maybe i'm looking too much into that but um yeah i i think it's a huge deal i think you're right you're spot on scott more importantly obviously it means that uh pierre luigi gallini is not going to be this team's starting goalkeeper uh going into next season i know that breaks your heart right uh, it just depends man i mean again if he gives us the tape before he leaves then it's fine he did his job uh <laughs> We'll see, but I honestly, I I need I need a freestyle that gets released when we win the Premier League, even if it's in five years, that's fine. Just get it recorded before you leave, and again, duty served. But all jokes aside, man, I'm stoked about about Hugo. I said this today at the pub, and I have to get this on record. His wife, I'm going to try to say her name correctly, Machine Yaris, 
his his is a fucking Spurs legend because it's well documented that she essentially says like my only request for you is that you play in London. Beyond that, I'm not not concerned, right? So I think she's a huge reason why we've held on to Higa for the decade that we have, right? He could have won he could have won league titles anywhere, no question, right? It's Hugo, it's Hugo Lloris. And so massive credit to his wife for keeping him at the club for a decade. And we get two more years. And I think we could very well see him end up retiring at this club. They're, they're, it really, all jokes aside, right? The, the bit about his wife, again, it's a real thing, but it's clear that Hugo loves this club and it's etched on his heart. And um, I'd like to see him make a career out of being involved in the club, you know, well beyond playing. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he'll only be 37 when this contract uh, is is up. I mean, I could easily see as long as his play doesn't dip, which it certainly has not to this point. I mean, he's st- certainly still one of the top goalkeepers, not only in the Premier League, but I still feel like in the world. Um, you know, if he's if he could play till he's 40, maybe maybe beyond. We we see goalkeepers play to that age, um, you know, quite regularly. So it, it well, feels to me like another, just an, another extension onto something really good here. And the interesting thing with him, sorry, I'll, I'll get, I'll give airspace to others after I say this, but I think Hugo, you know, we have this idea that somebody who's world-class like him want is going to eventually want to move on and like win something. He won the world cup. And like, if you, if you think about it, like take a step back from all these ideas that we have as people who podcast, right. And become Hugo for a second. If you're happy and your wife's happy and your kids are happy, life's good. You have a world cup through your family for a premier league. Like, no, you've won the world cup, man. Like you've done everything. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and so I think that's, it's a really unique situation with him and we need to take advantage of that, which we clearly have. Right. But I still would love to see him retire at the club, mentor goalkeepers at the club, just be a part of Tottenham for the foreseeable future because it seems like he wants to be. No, no question. I mean, hell, he could be a guy that sticks around in London beyond and and becomes a coach, you know, Mm. whether it's a goalkeeper coach, an assistant coach, I I don't know. But I don't know if that's something that he would desire to, but um, I I totally agree with you. Caroline, obviously pleased, right? Hugo, Hugo's sticking around for at least another two years, right? Yeah, I cheered out loud when I read the news. It's huge for the team, um, especially because I think our number one goalkeeper and our captain showing that he's buying into the Conte project is going to have a big ripple down effect to the rest of the squad. You know, um, just showing that he has belief because I think, you know, like you said, with him already having a World Cup in his, you know, trophy cabinet, he's going to be thinking to himself that, you know, a Premier League title that he wins with Spurs is going to win, like mean so much more to him than with another team. So for, for me, it makes sense for him to stay with the club because he has invested his career here and, you know, he wants to help the club finally get over the line, whether that's, you know, we can dream about the Premier League title, but, you know, even a cup would be absolutely huge. Yeah. You took, you took the words right out of my mouth. Help anything any kind of silverware with spurs would would be monumental for for a guy like hugo um let alone a premier league title you're you're exactly right about that um i'm i'm elated that he's i'm elated that hugo's staying not just because hugo's staying but again as i mentioned before it means that galini is not going to be this team's starting goalkeeper next year um and and i'll I'll, up, continue, I'll continue to dig at that <laughs> fucking leave the guy alone i don't think he's a good goalkeeper man My i'm sorry I don't think he's good. I'm sorry. I think he's, he's a very good at goalkeeping. We all know this. He's a very bad goalkeeper. Yeah, he's like he's a bad goalkeeper. Uh, uh, I'm just I'm, kidding. I, I wanted to yell at Andrew on air. I've been wanting to do that for some time. So fuck you, Andrew. No, it's 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 you're 100 right. Um, I, I just I'm 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 elated for it. Um, I'm I'm really happy that that Hugo's sticking around. He's the captain, and it also even aside from the goalkeeping standpoint of it. I think it's cool that it settles the captaincy too. Dakota, you kind of alluded to this. Like it's, you know, a lot of questions surrounding a lot of the other players on this team, mainly Harry Kane over the last six months to a year. Um, kind of nice that there's not going to be a question if Hugo were to depart. Um, what, you know, where does that arm man go to? And it's not, it's not going to Harry Kane now. It doesn't have to go to, to Hoybier. It doesn't have to go to Sun. It doesn't have to go to any of these other players. It can stay on Hugo's arm, which is, you know, 
a really a really good thing. Yes, Caroline. She says in the group chat, Skip should be yes. captain. Absolutely. I could oh, not yeah. agree. I always more. advocate for Skip. <laughs> one guy on the show tried to say Skip wasn't good once. All right. Yeah, one, one guy did. We don't know Skip, him. Skip's still really Skip's still really young. Uh he's got time to develop himself into, you know, his his bicep needs to get a little bit larger to to hold that armband on, I think. That's all. But you know what Hugo said in his uh interview about signing his new contract that that was a priority for him was you know basically grooming the next team captain so he's he's gonna take care of skippy and make sure that he's ready so i feel good about it i like that i like that caroline did you have another point to make about the game itself today yeah i just wanted to point out just to give us like a little bit of optimism coming off of what you know it's always disappointing to lose to chelsea there's no way getting around that but I do think that this was not one of our absolute must win games in the context of our top four finish. Like the teams that we absolutely need to get a result on are going to be Man U, West Ham and Arsenal. So the fact that we didn't pick up points today, it's disappointing, but I don't think it's the end of the world. And you also have to take into context the fact that we've just had a horrid, you know, season facing Chelsea, like in the cups, in the league They're you know, they're a bogey team for us, unfortunately. But we we don't have to let this result affect the rest of the season in any way. No, I I think you're spot on there. And and not only those teams you mentioned, but you know the next the team's next Premier League matches is against a team like Southampton. Then they face Wolves. Uh, those are the kinds of matches you also need to win. Like you need to beat the Brentfords and the and the Brightons and the Newcastles of the world. You're going to have to pick up your three points against those teams. This match, you know, this one here was a matter of. Uh, picking up like bonus points if you were able to get any of them. And that's exactly, you know, that's, that's one of those things um, that it's, it, there's no, there's no problem with losing a match like this. Um, you know, as long as you pick up, as long as you pick up the points where, where they're needed elsewhere. So I think that's really uh, spot on there and, and super important. And, and yeah, you guys can call me out on skip all you want. I, I, I was wrong. Okay. Skip's been a really good midfielder for us this season. And, I'm elated to see it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, dude, how many, how many, how many, blat- how many times have I been blatantly wrong about everything that I said? Uh, uh, and we a, were all kind lot. of wrong about Bergvine, to be fair. Oh, well, totally. I, totally. I, yeah, but look, the Bergvine thing remains to be seen. I mean, I, I'm I'm still very skeptical on the on the Bergvine thing. We'll 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 figure out if that he, if he's long for that role. I thought you mentioned earlier. I, you you thought he had a really good game today. I I did as well. I thought he played really well. I thought the only thing that was weird about today was that he was playing in more of the number 10 role to Kane. And I thought they should have flipped uh, and, and he should have been doing some of the holdup play uh, or, or rather he should have been running and with Kane doing more of the holdup play, but they were both doing Agreed. it very well. And um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. This, this was a, <laughs> an interesting match to kind of not be all like it sucks and it, it sucks that they weren't able to win it or even get a point out of it despite how well they played, especially in that first half. But I don't know the thing that, that I take from this whole match. And especially when it comes to that, that goal from Kane being ruled out, a lot of people were just tur- turning in the, Oh, well it's, it's a Chelsea thing. And they, they always get all the calls and it's a conspiracy and this and that. No, I, I think it's just that Chelsea are better than us. Chelsea are better yeah. than Tottenham. And Tottenham were not able to overcome what was a really bad call by fucking Paul Tierney. Like it, it just was. Um, we're not the only team that has suffered from bad refereeing, even just this weekend. So no question about it. No question about it. So, and honestly, like we, I get it. It's our rival. It's our London rival. We want to act like it. No, it's, we can, we can take Chelsea. Like Chelsea wins European titles and premier league titles just by deciding they feel like it that year. Like it, it's mm-hmm. fucking Chelsea. They hold the European title right now. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a way to Chelsea. Shit happens, right? That's where I say. That's where I say all the way back at the beginning of the show. I commend Conte for coming for a point. Who wouldn't with the squad we have against theirs, right? Um, we got work to do, but um, up the Spurs. Carolina was spot on. Today is literally nothing in the grand scheme of the season at all. I mean, today's one that you essentially write off when you see the schedule come out, right? Um, away to Chelsea, tough match. Yeah, and it's the first time that, that, that Conte has, has lost in the Premier League for Spurs. And we're, what, yep. ten, nine, ten games in? I mean, it's just 
it's kind of insane. So I don't know. Before we get out of here, uh, do you want to mention the women played a match today? Caroline, do you want to fill us in on? Look, we we had double wins on Wednesday after you know Spurs beat Leicester and 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 the Spurs women won in the cup. Today we get the the opposite end of that, right? Right. It was a bummer day all around for Tottenham Hotspur FC. Uh, so unfortunately, like I was saying that this result for the men's team was not that important in the grand scheme of things. I cannot really say the same about the women's game today. It was a hugely important game. So it, it really does feel kind of crushing that we lost this one and we did not just lose it. We lost badly. <laughs> um, Manchester United, like all credit to them. They just played us off the pitch today. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't that you could really say there was one player who, you know, was playing so poorly that it affected the rest of the game. It was just across the board. We weren't at the races today. If I had to like single anybody out, I would say the biggest issue was that Clemeron had probably her worst game with us so far, um, which is very out of character for her. She's usually like the consistent one. But she just was not at it today. And when our midfield orchestrator is not on the pace, like everything just kind of falls apart. So we didn't have a lot of goal scoring opportunities. Um, Rachel Williams had our best chance with a header, which I actually thought had gone in and was celebrating <laughs> before I realized it had not gone in the net. So that was really disappointing. Um, but, you know, Man U, they scored some great goals and. It that's just the way it crumbled today, but we're still, we're not like out of the top three race yet. We have a game in hand. Let's not forget that. Um, fortunately, it's going to take a while for us to get back into the groove of things with the WSL because we have two cup matches coming up next. So we've got our FA cup match, which is a home game against Leicester. That's on the 30th. And then we play in the league cup away at Man City which is going to be a very tough game on February 2nd. So while the men are on the international break, we definitely need to get behind our women's team. And, uh, you know, this is a good opportunity for the women's team to continue making a statement uh, that we're an up and coming team, you know, fingers crossed. That's, that's all you can really say. <laughs> and Absolutely. I should also add to, one other thing that was kind of going against us today is that we only were able to field a five person bench um, because of some of those absences with the uh, women's Asian cup. And we actually gave a debut in the WSL to Izzy Lane, who I want to say is like 18 years old, you know, one of our Academy products. So that just goes to show like we did not have the reinforcements that we needed today. Yeah, it's it's a wonder that uh, the Spurs women didn't try to have a game called off like uh, some other teams that we've seen do. Um, but that's enough about Arsenal. We don't need to mention them again on this podcast. Uh, as you mentioned, though, Spurs women back in action next Sunday. So when when there's no Spurs match to watch uh, on the men's side, there's a Spurs match to watch on the women's side, um, and we'll, we'll we'll be checking that out next weekend. Uh, Leicester, as you mentioned, at home in the FA Cup on the 30th. So that's next Sunday. So um, get your football fix next weekend in that way. Um, we will be back with you to kind of talk about whatever the hell Spurs do in the transfer window uh, this coming week, which we hope is something we hope they're not going to leave it until the last day, which uh, again, window closes at the end of January. The end of January is a week from Monday. So uh, you may be listening to this on Monday and, and that means there's seven days left. Um, so, Whatever happens, happens to this point. Um, we'll, we'll figure out what Spurs are going to do. But Spurs, again, are not back in action for uh, a couple of weeks on the men's side. And they've got the time to, you know, make sales and make buys and start to piece together what they want to do in this January window. And we will uh, be back to talk to you about all of that next weekend. Uh, here on the Tottenham Depot. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on uh, whatever podcast platform you choose to listen to and be sure to follow us at Tottenham Depot on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow Caroline at CG Stefko. You can follow Scott at DSM Spurs. Follow Dakota at Dakota J Booth and follow me at A Stetka. Uh, and again, at Tottenham Depot, Twitter and Instagram. Follow us there. That's where you find all the content that your little ears could desire. We will be back with you next week to talk transfer business and hopefully uh, at least a little bit of it. I'm not even going to say a lot of it. Hopefully plenty to talk about next week 
this has been the Tottenham Depot as always. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>